0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now, only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin.
2: Yeah, I guess why not?
0: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never stop. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
3: Donald Trump is here tonight. Now I know that he's taken some flack lately, but no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? All kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, For example, uh... No, seriously, just recently, in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice at the Steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. Bob Seska! Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. It's the Bob Seska Show!
2: Yeah, I guess why not? I didn't get a harumph out of that guy.
0: Harumph? You watch your ass.
1: It is uh, Tuesday, February 6 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Hello, Bob. And we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's uh, BubbleGenius.com. <clears throat> also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and Attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get legal advice or get the best lawyer ever at BowenLawgroup.com. Go and do it just now, right now, especially if you're uh, scheduled to testify before the grand jury and... If your name is Steve Bannon, but you won't be that smart, will you? You won't be smart enough to hire Charles Bowen. Okay, lots to talk about today. Of course, as always, the uh, the, the fire hose of news continues to be- ah! batter us. Ah!
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's bring in Buzz Burbank from uh, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Hi, hi Buzz. Hi, Bob. It's good to talk with you again. I just want to remind our listeners that uh, the show's sponsored today by the Clapper. Uh, clap on, clap off, clap or be accused of treason. Uh, and and also, a transcript of today's show will be available in large print for Devin Nunez. Yeah, I guess why not? We're going to use. So we're going to use a big font so he can see it.
1: I'm thinking of a couple of different angles on this uh, this Trump thing and, and insisting that if you didn't clap for him at the State of the Union that you're treasonous and, and un-American. And it reminds me of, uh, well, first of all, it reminds me of poor, poor Jeb Bush. Please clap. Please clap. Please clap. And then also, Governor Lepetamine.
0: I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Harumph! Do watch your ass. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, a prophecy in that movie.
1: Yeah, you know when that video came down yesterday, Buzz, uh mm. by, Oh, by the way, it's Trump crisis day 383, 272 days until the 2018 midterms. Got to get that in there. But uh when that video of Trump from uh I guess it was Blue Ash, Ohio, where he was doing a rally yesterday, when that dropped uh, again there were so many horrible things about that and and i don't even know where exactly to begin please clap with this whole Thing that he's doing now with the clapping, <laughs>
0: which, which one? Yeah,
1: oh, that yeah. <laughs> the clapping during the State of the Union.
0: Yeah. Oh, it just—it's just a reminder that he's obsessed with approval uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that he cannot let it go. Right. Uh, the fact that he went on and on about the one black guy who clapped mildly—I <laughs> know—at uh, one part of his speech, he wants to meet that guy so he can thank him. That—that that one. There were hundreds of people in the room. But that's the guy he wants to thank. And by the way, among the, trees, uh, or among the traitors who did not uh, clap oftentimes that evening were uh, Melania Trump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know so is, is he accusing Melania of treason uh, too? Is, yeah. that, is that how that works? Here's how I approach this, Bob. Yeah. I, I mostly ignore it and, <laughs> and write it off as this is Trump uh, desperately, like a child uh, trying to deflect. Yeah. Uh, from what's going on with him, mm-hmm. and uh, except the f- fact, except for the fact that he said it, and the, that the thought is frightening, yeah. I'm not particularly worried about it because I just don't think he's going to be around that long. Well, that's, I mean, that's the whole
1: thing, Buzz. This is
0: obviously a distraction. I mean, to go down the
1: road of arguing that right. the opposition party didn't clap during my awesome words before a joint <laughs> session of Congress is just, I mean, it's, I mean, first of all, right off the top, it's a historical, of course, every opposition. party Party in the history of especially televised states of the union addresses, mm-hmm. the, or is it is it states of the union or state of the
0: unions? Uh, states states of the union. States I of believe the union. Would be like, correct. Like yeah. attorneys general. I guess that's the way right. it goes. There's only one union, but it has many states. <laughs> right,
1: as opposed to blows job or blow jobs. We don't know which which one is accurate. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, no opposition party has ever applauded for the uh, the, the president right. of the opposite party during certain periods of time in the state of the union. certainly there are exceptions like after
0: 9-11 and so on but not that we care but for trump it's personal i don't care that it hurts his feelings but you know for the record yeah it hurts his feelings (laughs) right right
1: well i mean it hurts all of the republicans feelings they suddenly believe that despite every previous address that this is how it's supposed to go and it's not supposed
0: to go like that It certainly it's not tr- treasonous for god's it, sake it was one of those theirs who shouted out liar when barack obama addressed that body uh, you know and and here again i i don't know that they re- really believe that or if this is part of the overall strategy if you will yeah. to uh to uh, you know uh, uh, p- again protect trump and uh, because he is the, in, in many ways, the protector of their agenda, right? Uh, they're just trying to keep the family together, trying to keep their stories straight. And uh, that's that's really what it's down to at this point. And I don't pay a lot of attention to that too. They're also uh, very much against uh, raising the debt, except when they're in power. Yeah. So you know, do, pay no attention to what they say. And and a lot of what 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 Trump, you know, we're talking about. What are we talking about with Trump and that that speech and his remarks about yeah. clapping? We're talking about the Wizard of Oz, because you know I love to compare everything to children's literature. Cause it's a, it's something I can something i can relate to <laughs> uh but but it's the, it's pay no attention to the man behind the curtain that's really, right at this at this point yeah
1: yeah and you know they're gonna look for any whatever they can to uh to throw everybody off but i mean my question always is that and this is coming from me being, you know, uh, an honest person who believes in things like truth and, you know, history. Where do you get that anyway? Uh, yeah, <laughs> God damn it. You know, here's me.
0: <laughs> what went wrong with you, Bob? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know how you could look at yourself in the mirror or go to sleep at night <laughs> knowing that you're making a claim that is not only so... Cheap and and petty and petulant and all of it. Oh, they didn't they didn't clap for me. Oh, poor me. You know, again, it's it's more of Donald Trump. Just, I mean, he can't stop. Stop whining. Stop whining. I mean, it just it comes down to just. God damn it, he can't stop whining, and he does it every day on Twitter, and now he's doing it, and of course, he continues to do it in all of his speeches. But you know, Jeff Flake uh, this morning. uh, took to the Senate floor, and I actually had a few things to say about uh, Donald (laughs) Trump's remarks about about clapping. And he said here, respect is earned, not commanded. Applause signals approval of an idea, not loyalty to one's country. And, of course, that's entirely 100% accurate, and Trumpers aren't going to want to hear it.
0: Everyone, everyone
1: was mean to Donald Trump. Everyone was mean to the president when they
0: when they didn't clap for him. Let's and have were all the other Republicans in attendance and listening intently as Flake made those remarks. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, at a certain mm. point, some of this stuff I just think you have to tune out. Yeah, there's a much there. There are much bigger things going on, and sure, all of these things are representative of the. The frightening overall picture, no question about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you just gotta—you—you you go insane if you don't filter out some of the noise. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's true, and and of course, uh, in and amongst all of this, yesterday, these remarks about treason and and, and the Democrats mm-hmm. being un-American mm-hmm. because they didn't they didn't clap for the president's right, little right. speech. Uh, at the same time, the Dow was busily dropping. Uh, uh, over 1,100 points on Monday yeah. after its 666-point yeah. decline on Friday. Now, the, the, from what I can tell uh, on the Dow right now, I'm going to get a, a current update here. Let's see. We are now up, up 533 points. So it looks yes. like, as we approach the close, that it looks like the Dow is going to make up for at least some of the losses on Friday, but still oh, on yeah. a, an 1,100-point yeah. decline is is still a pretty big deal it's the biggest in history though though as a percentage of the overall dow it's it's not the biggest but it really doesn't need to be i mean we don't really have to go to that superlative point to to look at the dow and say you know there's something not right going on here we've got a lot of conditions that are repeated from uh what we were witnessing and and well at least from my perspective i started to see it happening in 2007 but everyone really felt the hit in 2008 Right. As the uh, as the economy took its worst downturn since the Great Depression, and uh, and a lot of the same markers are occurring now. It's as if no one remembers nine ten years ago when all hell broke loose, and and of of course no one seems to remember all of the things that precipitated that, including a a Wall Street bubble, including a, a massive deregulation of business and Wall Street for that matter, uh, a, a huge tax cut. Colossal deficits leading into mm-hmm. the the Great Recession, which made it almost impossible right for right. Barack Obama and the Democrats to pull us out of that recession. I mean remember when they when they tried to pass a stimulus package, which again you talk about a historical things. Every president has done, Republican and Democrat, whenever there's an economic downturn, and Barack Obama was no different, you call for a stimulus package and you try to yeah, jumpstart the various economy. various types, yes. Exactly right. And, and in the case of Barack Obama, I thought the stimulus in 2009 was a nice balance of infrastructure spending, some bailout money in there. And, of course, in that legislation was the largest middle-class tax cut in American history. At least up to that point, I'm sure it doesn't. Inc- I'm sure the uh, the Trump tax cuts didn't even come close to the size of the Obama tax c- cuts and the stimulus. But this is this is how we dragged ourselves out of it, uh, despite the Republicans. And again, they were the ones who created this environment that we're now seeing repeated all over again. And you know, just in advance of uh, of, of the declines on Friday. And certainly on Monday, we heard news of the, that how the Treasury is going to have to borrow another trillion dollars, right, right to, to get true. through 2018. So what we're talking about, Buzz, is at least a trillion dollar deficit at the end of this year, which would be Donald Trump's first full year guiding the economy and approving right. Uh, right. Uh, expenditures with, uh, from Congress. So. This is the disaster we're stepping into again. And uh, I know it's a humble brag to say this, but damn it, I hate being right about this shit. Because I, I don't want to be right about where the economy might be headed. Well, uh, I might have good era. news
0: for you. Okay. <laughs> please, please. Oh, my you, God. You, yes. You, you might be wrong about some of it. Uh, here's <laughs> I, I I have been doing, you know, because I... I as I prepare to come on this program, I want to be as prepared as possible. So yeah. although I am no economics guy from any, by any stretch of the imagination, I have studied this intently over the last 24 hours and, and read what uh, a whole lot of people who are a whole lot smarter than me have to say about this. And yeah. here's, what I've, here's the bottom line that I've arrived at. Talk me is, down, please. Uh, don't worry about the stock market this year worry okay. about worry about the recession next year oh. uh, and, uh some of the things that you just outlined are very likely to re- lead to a recession next year mm-hmm. uh the increasing debt and uh also uh i mean there are other factors that that are contributing to that to the likelihood of uh of, of real problems next year uh, in including the lack of regulation now of the financial sector under the Trump administration. Right. They've cut uh, financial protections that were in place, uh, that were put in place after the 2007-2008 crash. Uh, a lot of those have now been whittled away. And so, yeah, we're setting ourselves up for, or we've set ourselves or allowed ourselves to be set up for another fall. Mm-hmm. And that will, I think, come in their form of recession next year i found the most excellent piece i don't know if you saw what i posted online today from neil irwin at the new york times no i haven't seen i uh, this this is brilliant because i saw i was worried about you bob i almost got in touch with you yesterday (laughs) because i I know i know i know that the pain that you suffered uh and and other people suffered and in in the last crash and i don't want to diminish anybody's pain but if you're a younger person such as yourself you have uh, very little to worry about. It's a long-term thing. If if there's any risk in what we've seen over the last few days at all, it's for people who are in or approaching retirement, uh, and they're the, they're the ones who should be the most concerned. Uh, and and like I said, I am seeing a lot of warning signs based on what you just said that there'll be a recession next year. But if if I don't like to read on the show generally, but this is so good. From Neil Irwin at the New York Times, if you don't mind me sharing these oh, yeah. Let's little have paragraphs it. Let's have with you, I'd like to. The, the, and this, this is never mind what's happened today, which is things got worse, and then they got a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. We've recovered, I think, ten percent of our loss. I think we're we're back or better. I think we're back uh, to where we were. What kind of a setback did you suffer on your 401K? You've been pushed back to somewhere between December 1st and January 1st. You've been pushed back a month or two in in the gains that you've made. You you haven't been hurt that much, and Neil Irwin lays it out when he says – the 7.8% drop in the S&P 500 over the last six trading days is similar in scale and speed to drops in January 2016 and August 2015, neither of which left lasting scars and was at the time short of the 10% drop that would qualify as a market correction. No now, I will add, we, we got into correction territory briefly this morning, but bounced back out of it. Yeah, uh, the, the Dow fell by 11.75 Monday, which represents a very large, 4.6% decline, and that's what you and a lot of people were freaking out about yesterday. Yep. And, and Neil writes, but while it was the biggest single-day point decline, there were steeper percentage decline, declines on several occasions during the global financial crisis and its aftermath, not to mention a 508-point drop in the Dow in 87. That was a 22.5% yeah. market crash. Jesus. So 45 compared to 22% is not bad at all. 22 and a half, that's bad. Four, four and a half, not great, but, but not devastating like a 22-point drop would be. Yeah. Uh, Irwin, Irwin continues, instead of reflecting economic pessimism, the stock market sell-off seems to be rooted in a form of optimism that employers are they're really whining about now having to play, pay higher wages which will cut into their profits because wages are going up, and uh, inf- there will be inflation as well. Inflation is about to kick in, and the Fed is about to raise interest rates. So business is nervous about, oh, gosh, now we're going to have to spend some money. Yeah, there it is, right? And yeah. and, and so you throw in the the, uh, the concern that existed about the market getting overheated, and Neil says you have a recipe for the downturn we've just witnessed. In other words, he says, and this wraps it up, this bad news for stock investors seems to be driven in part by good news for workers. And since most people earn more money from their jobs than from their investment portfolios, it's a trade a lot of people would be happy to take. Well, so see, if that puts anybody's mind at rest, I I hope so.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that puts me a little more at ease. And And I tell you what, I mean, as far as... If there was another recession, and, and we know mm-hmm. that it's probably not going to be as deep as the uh, as the Great Recession, It was such a uh, I don't know yeah that's such an aberration. You have to go back to the the Great Depression to find something as as horrible as what happened beginning in two thousand eight on through uh, to twenty ten. But I mean, I can say for this uh, about myself personally with regard to uh uh you know any sort of uh, personal impact of a of a mm-hmm. recession, I'm not. I'm not nearly as, as as badly placed going into what what could be some bad news next year or the year after as I was I going so. into 2008 good, where I good, owned... You good. know, in 2008, I owned a commercial uh, a property. I owned mm-hmm. a, a house. I owned a McMansion that I was just way house poor with. I should have never have... Yeah. You know, like so not, many not people... Not entirely your
0: fault. Not entirely yeah. your fault, I'm convinced. And same with a lot of other people too who were pushed into or tempted into houses they were told they could afford when in truth they could not
1: yeah and the, the worst part about where I was buzz in 2008 is I was deeply in debt and it was all business mm-hmm, debt because mm-hmm. I was investing in my business at the time well, that's but I, Trump. yeah I had you know what I had somewhere between three hundred thousand and five hundred thousand dollars in debt just for my business there which which of course if you're a business owner you co-sign for all of that but fortunately I was able to wiggle out with a with the Chapter Seven, which is one of the many negative things that happened to me during that recession. You
0: and, you and Trump,
1: yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> right. <laughs> Ultimately, though, uh, that was a good thing because it erased yeah. all of that that debt. Yes. So I was grateful yeah. for that. But I mean, still, it was not. It was a it was a horror show from from start to finish. It was not something I ever want to repeat. So I, you know, I mean, the only advice I could give. In the face of some sort of potential Trump era recession, is mm. to is to limit your credit card debt as much as you can, and yep. to uh, sock away as much savings as you can
0: to to yep. get you through any sort of uh, shortfalls in the economy. So that's well, I, I do think based on what I've read in the last twenty four hours that we are looking at a recession next year yeah. for uh, many of the reasons that you've laid out here. I just don't, I, I, and I don't want people to freak out over what's happening with the stock market right now. This is a, this, we all knew it was too, we, knew, we all knew it, was, it had grown too fat. Yeah. We all knew that it had grown too fast. We all knew that some kind of correction or bubble bursting was coming. Let's hope this is the extent of it. And that things calmed down for a while uh twenty seventeen was a very unusual year I read for the stock market because usually it would have uh two or three two percent drops through yep. the course of the year. This is only weird to us now; somebody compared it to driving, I believe it was Neil Irwin, compared it to driving in the rain in L.A. It rains there so infrequently that nobody knows how to do it once it happens and everybody freaks out. That's right. Well, this, this is a little like that because it, because it hasn't happened recently. It seemed, it feels wrong. Right. It feels terribly, terribly wrong. Yep. And if you, if you stay in for the long haul. And the other thing I've learned about investing, and again, I am no expert, but it has worked for me, uh, this advice from uh, real experts, which is... Uh, diversify your investment so that some of it's in stocks and some of it's in bonds because generally not always but almost always when z- stocks go down, bonds go up yep and yep. so you you continue to protect your money in that way so that's that's my that's my c n b c financial advice for today
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess why not
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah why sure yeah. why not She's going to stop? Yeah. Me.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So uh so that's that. I mean uh but I mean I still think that uh as far as the economy goes whether it's the uh whether it's the Dow or the broader economy that uh that Biff definitely owns this economy. He owns every piece of it because
2: uh he's taking because credit. Because he said he did.
1: Yeah, he he yeah. said he did. In fact, uh here's just a little here's
2: a few moments of uh, of Trump taking credit for the economy. I haven't looked Good. yet at the stock market, but it's been going up at record clips. We have a uh Tremendous streak going on, and that's only because of the optimism. The stock market has gained almost $3 trillion in value since the election on November 8th. Yeah. A record. We've added $3.3 trillion. $3.4 trillion. Almost $4 trillion. We've created more than $5 trillion. Since Election Day, $5.2 trillion dollars in value more than seven trillion dollars we've created now almost (laughs) eight trillion dollars worth of value (laughs) (laughs) just in the stock market and by the way the stock market since our election is through the roof isn't it too bad that the obama administration gets a lot of credit our stock market has reached (laughs) an all-time high today today. All-time high. Think of it. Nobody ever talks about it. I just want to uh, state that as you probably have noticed uh, the stock market hit an all-time record high today. Very (laughs) proud of our stock market. What's happened since I became president. The stock market hit today 23,000. That's an all-time record high. So congratulations to everybody in our country. Yeah, see now uh, presidents don't do that.
0: No, and that's the important point, Bob. Uh, the stock market going up is not Trump's doing, and the stock market going down is not Trump's right. doing. Uh, you know, uh, Ditka can control the weather with his moods. <laughs> it, this is not—but this, is, but, but Trump cannot control the stock market.
1: That's right. It, right? I mean, he uh-huh. just can't.
0: Any, any more than Ditka could, 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 could control the weather. And excuse me right, for right. stuttering. That's sort of hard to say. I love but, that reference, though. Yeah, they. You know, neither one of them have that sort of control, and and so you can't give them credit. What we can do is Uh what you are doing, and what it's okay for us all to do, which is make fun of the guy for taking credit for it. And can you imagine? If the State of the Union speech were tonight instead of a week ago tonight, (laughs) uh, would he have said all those things about the stock market? I don't think so because uh, the the, the facts are the market under Trump gained about $4 trillion, and then we we lost it all in two days. Now, we've, we've bounced back from some of that, but again, if he's smart, and he isn't, He'll shut up, which he won't. Yeah. Well, and then,
1: of course, too, I mean, we can't expect any of these guys to take responsibility for their actions. Not a single move <laughs> that they make is indicative of, you know, the party of personal responsibility, which they're supposed to be. Right. Right. So Sean Hannity, or yesterday on his radio show, was blaming, uh, of course, he was blaming Obama. Obama! For the stock market downturn on Friday and Monday. Here's what he said. He sure. said, because, <laughs> because the Obama economy was so weak all of these years, we had hmm. just artificially cheap money. Now, what's cheap money? Cheap money is when you can borrow at ridiculously low rates. The era of cheap money at some point has to come to an end. The government has artificially, the Fed has artificially kept the price of money down and the price of borrowing down. And now that's going to come to an end. In many ways, it represents Ashley Webster is the name. In many ways, it's a sign of the strength of, of the economy more than anything else. So... So he begins by saying the economy is so weak, and then he ends by mm. saying it's a sign of the strength of the economy. So <laughs> that's your Sean Hannity logic for
0: the day. If well, can... here is what here is what Trump and the Republicans have in common with David Letterman. Uh-huh. They they both believe Obama is still president. Obama, <laughs> and, and they're, <laughs> yeah. they're focused on that. I don't know if you y'all saw the the interview on oh, Netflix, yeah. uh, the first of the, the Letterman series. Wonderful. But my favorite line in, in it is when Dave says to Obama. Uh, well, I know you have to get back to the Oval Office, so uh, <laughs> and, and then and then asks his final questions. Uh, because so many of us, uh, on maybe on both sides, yeah. prefer to think of Obama as president. Uh, one, it makes us feel better. God, that clip you played at the beginning of the show oh, yeah. made made me miss humor. Remember right. humor? I humor remember, was fun. I, I enjoyed talking, it. Yeah, and a, pres- uh, and, and a president and, who was really good at doing it too. Right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He was, you know, he was incredible at that. Uh, and and I miss that. And I think we all miss that. But uh, we also uh, miss the intelligence that that went behind it oh yeah yeah
1: and just i mean a a basic attention to history i mean as far as i'm concerned you know if if donald trump was a rank awareness
0: of history yeah
1: exactly i mean if this guy uh you know had a, a pretty doctrinaire series of uh uh, of positions on the issues as, as the Republican Party does, but wasn 't right. all into this name calling and and ridiculousness and insanity and right. and, and all the rest of it, not understanding uh, uh, history, certainly not presidential history, and at the yeah. same time burning down institutions left and right um, if it was just a, a slate of Republican issues and ideas that we were fighting. Okay, we can deal with that. Right, it's, right. It's all of this other crap that you lump on top of it. Whether it right. was the, you know, the stuff about treason and being an un, uh, being un-American yesterday because you didn't clap for God's sake, uh, taking credit for the Dow, just everything that comes down the, the pike multiple the times. Cult, a
0: day. Yeah, the cult of personality yeah. keeps getting in the way. I, I I've said that a, a million times, and going back to the very start of this presidency when uh conservatives would would take me on uh, about trump uh you know and and they just you know, they again uh, not accepting that that their guy actually won not taking yes for an answer is is a good deal of the problem but mm. Uh, You know, I've I've been saying all along uh, these very things, and and uh, uh, you know, finally they're they're proving as your predictions were to be true. Well, John
1: Harwood, uh, who I sometimes call John Woodhair, uh, said uh, the increase in the Dow Jones Industrial Average from the president's inauguration day to February fifth of the following year, Trump uh, was uh, at twenty two point seven percent increase between his inauguration and February fifth of the following year. Obama, on the other hand had a 38.5% increase. Lots of rounds of applause today from our studio audience, but well-deserved. Obama! Because, I mean, Barack Obama, I mean, remember, when Barack Obama was inaugurated, the economy was hemorrhaging, what, 800,000 jobs that month, the month of January, and there were more and more as as time went on, as the months passed, and it was only the stimulus package that turned everything around. So you you can directly credit Barack Obama and his stimulus package for... Turning the economy around, turning the Dow around, turning uh, uh, housing values around, turning unemployment around, and so on. Uh, You can't say that about Donald Trump with regard to necessarily anything because the trend up until Friday had been up and up and up starting in March of 2009. The upward trend in the Dow began Uh, in in that month. And you can look at it all you can pinpoint the signing of the stimulus with the increase in the Dow and the turnaround in the economy to that day. So logically speaking, and of course, we're living in an era where there's no logic to be had. you, You have to give Barack Obama credit for the status of the economy for that eight years. And by the way, we no longer hear Donald Trump talking about the real unemployment rate anymore, do we? Remember when he was... Right, running, right. <laughs> remember when he well, Yeah,
0: because he used to badmouth the government figures that he now praises and, and takes credit for. That's right. But again, uh, to me, a lot of this is just noise. And mm-hmm. I, I know that these things are, are important. Uh, certainly the, the, the condition, the health of the economy is important. Uh, people's concern about their retirement is uh, funds are, are very, very real. And I, I wouldn't do anything to diminish those. But there there still, in my mind, continues to be the much bigger story of what the Trump campaign did to get elected and how it's conducted itself and the investigation into that, which I just think is closing in so very rapidly at this point. And I I, I lost my train of thought on something you were saying earlier, and that is I, too, miss the days when we could debate issues, when it was – simply Republican ideals versus Democratic ideals, but the cult of personality and all these other distractions, all Mm -hmm. these, you know, uh, making false claims and fact-checking false claims, uh, all keeps us very, very busy and appropriately outraged. Uh, But the real story is is what the Trump administration continues to do as it pursues its agenda while an investigation closes in on it at uh, now, I think, a breathtaking pace. And by the way, Uh, We just got an update. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed up more than 560 points today, or a 2%. Increase. Well, there so, it is. I guess
1: that's. Uh, I guess that's pretty good news uh, it's coming. Going out of to down. be
0: all. It's going to be all right <laughs> for now. Or,
1: or right. as they say on CNBC all the time, could be the mm. dead cat bounce.
0: Yeah, financial economic term that he teaches in college. Yes. Yes. The exactly. Dead cat bounce.
1: Right. Which you'll hear around the clock on CNBC. Probably right now as we're saying
0: this. Uh, Brian Setzer should record a song with that. Guy, <laughs> the dead cat bounce. <laughs> that's
1: that's exactly. Right. Yeah. I guess why not. Uh, okay so uh, we just—I was talking uh, before the show uh, with Buzz, and we were talking about uh, watching Rachel Maddow, and how uh, when Kimberly Johnson and I watch Rachel Maddow every night, we end up—it ends up taking like three hours long because we're constantly pausing. Uh, to, to, to debate the different points. Not to debate amongst each other, but to just rant.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, I, we're all glad that you, you two are so happy together being angry. And I'm, I really, it really makes us, it, makes, it, gives, it inspires the rest of
1: us. It. Yeah, it's so much fun. We're just shouting things back and forth between our, our my office and her office. And it's the whole day long thing. But when we're watching Rachel Maddow, one thing that has become uh, a staple of our Maddow watching is, of course, Blue Apron. And so we're, we've got our Blue Apron meal all prepared, ready to go, and then we do, we put on, uh, because we're on the West Coast, we put on Rachel on the DVR, and we start that up, and then we uh, we get going for a three, four-hour endeavor to, <laughs> to get through an episode of the Rachel Maddow Show. Lord. But here's, uh, here's what I like best about Blue Apron, is that instead of burgers for dinner, I might have uh, seared steaks with a thyme pan sauce, mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots, and I can make it perfectly myself in just under 45 minutes, and without wasting any food and without having to go to the store. I like the variety of Blue Apron. I get my choice of a dozen new recipes every week right to our doorstep right here. No GMOs, no hormones, and for under 10 bucks a person. And Blue Apron has a meal plan that fits you, even one that includes a monthly bottle of wine from renowned winemakers. I can't wait to try the spicy chicken and stir-fried vegetables with jasmine rice, strip steak and potatoes with spicy maple collard greens, creamy fusilli buccati, pasta, with fresh rosemary and walnuts and the soy-glazed rice cakes with broccoli and soft boiled eggs. Not all at the same time. I I order those things separately. We have those things separately, but wouldn't it be fun to eat everything all at the same time, huh? It's, it's too much of a good thing, Bob. I know. Go to blueapron.com slash bobc. Check out the menus, why don't you, and get $30 off your first order with free shipping. It's a great feeling to make incredible, affordable meals at home when the food and the recipes come from Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska
0: Show. The Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Welcome back today. Uh, okay.
0: I, I like the way you've decorated the van.
1: <laughs> Speaking of our three-hour-long watching of Rachel Maddow with our... Yes? Stoner Rants. Uh. <laughs> did, I, did I say Stoner Rants in there? No, I didn't. I didn't hear it, Bob. <laughs> uh, all right, let's dig into uh, stupid Watergate here because there's so much to talk about uh, on this yes. front. We're gonna to get to the government shutdown and all that fun stuff uh, later in the show. If we don't get to it, I promise we'll talk about it on the uh, on the big uh, post mortem show. But uh, the, the, the things happening right now with stupid Watergate it's it's almost impossible to get to all of it. So let's let's just dig in. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about the Nunez memo a little bit because we we covered it some on Friday on the after party, but we didn 't really right. have a a chance on the free show uh, to dig in because of course uh on Thursday right before the Nunez memo or actually the Nunez memo uh, dropped on Friday, but it was of course after our Thursday show, so we didn 't have an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to it 's why
0: it 's why I do my news on Thursday, my newscast because everything happens. Uh, from the time that I post that newscast late Thursday morning uh, mm. and and Saturday, everything happens in that period of time. So I want to be sure and get it out there before anything changes. <laughs>
1: well, as of right now, the the demo the uh, the House Intelligence Committee has approved the Dem- the release of the Democratic memo. It has now gone right. to Donald Trump. Uh, John Kelly <laughs> this morning <laughs> said that no, no, the president has not read the the Democratic rebuttal memo yet because it's so long.
0: Well, it's 10 pages. It's, I mean he, bar- he you know, did he really get through four? Uh, we're asking <laughs> ourselves, and now he's got a 10 pager. next next one's going to be 12. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, there's no way
1: there's no way Biff <laughs> is getting through 10 pages of uh, he's going he's going to have to be briefed on this thing. Someone's just going to have to read it to him because we know but the
0: important thing, the important thing is that he's painted into a corner again, yep. and uh, so he has to either uh you know suppress the memo, not allow it to be released and face the wrath that will bring, yep. or he releases the memo, which makes him look bad, and then he'll face the wrath that that would bring. So I, I love this choice that he has. I'm sure he's going to take every spare minute of his five days uh, to make this decision, and uh, either one he picks uh, will not go well for him.
1: Yeah, and you know, even if he doesn't uh, approve the release of the Democratic memo, it's it's actually in the long run it's not even going to matter because the New York Times right now right. is uh, is demanding that the FISA court release the FISA application on Carter Page, and well, that would answer all of our questions. Now I don't
0: it? It, it would indeed I don't know. And by the way, well is the word I say most on this show <laughs> because <laughs> because I hear things that you know maybe I don't entirely buy or maybe only partly buy, uh-huh. and and I know you're passing. A Long things that you've read and heard, and and uh, we all do that. Uh, but but I do say well a lot because because there's always there's always more to it than all that. All right, let's hear it. I, I well, I think that uh, you know the the memo, <laughs> the, you know the memo is is going to obviously make him look bad if it's released. Oh and yeah. So you know he has he has no choice. Uh, he may have no choice to believe. As far as the New York Times thing goes, the well about that is. That they can certainly file that lawsuit, but the FISA court doesn't have to grant it That's true. however, by filing that sort of lawsuit it's almost it's not a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit it's just simply asking the court to uh, declassify the rest of the information that was used to get the warrant on Carter Page, the surveillance warrant. Wiretap him,
1: and I think the FISA court is prepared to do that. I would imagine. I, I don't mean, know. That,
0: you really do you think so? I don't know.
1: Well, think about it this way: they're start, Buzz. They're starting to scapegoat the FISA judges. In fact, they uh, mm-hmm. yes. one of these guys, yeah. uh, Jacob Wall, who's a, a Trumper, a right wing stooge. One of these, one of the many prepubescent men who are <laughs> defending <laughs> Donald Trump right now. Which mm-hmm. I don't understand. That's a topic for the post mortem show. We'll get into that later because I had a fight with Jacob <laughs> Wall uh, over the weekend. But nevertheless. He called out, and he's he's got a pretty big audience. He was calling out the uh, the judge who apparently approved the first uh, FISA right. award against Carter Page, a guy named Judge Contreras, I believe his last name is, uh, obviously Hispanic. Uh, and that's, oh, dear. And that's one of the reasons they called him out. And so now that they're looping in the FISA court judges, mm-hmm. I think the FISA court is going to be politically motivated, if for no other reason, it. to... To exonerate themselves.
0: I hope you're right, and you may be, because judges don't like to be messed with in that no. way. Uh, it, and, and in many ways, from a legal precedent standpoint, uh, the FISA court may have to grant the New York Times request, because uh, what we've seen so far is uh, the Republican memo, which contained classified information. Uh, apparently, the Republicans are allowed to play fast and loose with classified (laughs) data. Of course. And now, although it will be, unlike the Republican memo, redacted, the Democratic memo is coming out to discuss classified evidence from the FISA court. Yep. So, uh, uh, and then, and and Trump has signed off on this, (laughs) on the release of that Republican memo. So, a precedent that has never been, we've had this law since, what, 1987 or something like that? Mm -hmm. A precedent has now been set that well, it doesn't really matter if it's released. We can release it anyway. Yeah, and, so, and, and yes. not like
1: this matters either, that the that guys like Donald Trump Jr. and other uh-huh. other Trumpers are on Twitter or have been on Twitter for the last couple of weeks saying, release everything, full transparency. We want to see the Nunes memo. We want to see the Democratic response. We want to see everything. Why doesn't right. why right. don't the Democrats allow us to see everything? And of course they, they place it as at the feet of the Democrats too, don't they? are
0: all yeah, Trump and the Republicans are now going to regret their calls for transparency. Right. Because certain Certainly, the Democratic uh, response is it will add transparency. Uh, and uh, if if the court allows the New York Times to see the rest of the papers that were involved in granting a wiretapping warrant on Carter Page, then yeah, both the Republican side and the Democratic side, and possibly more, will be out there. And yeah, you don't mess with the judge. Nope, nope, absolutely not. And going back to the judge here,
1: uh, now they're trying to say this FISA judge, this guy Catreras was appointed by Obama, Obama to the FISA court. And you know what? Wrong. It's wrong. That is so wrong. And you know how I know that? You know who yeah. appoints the FISA judges to the FISA court? The chief justice of the Supreme Court, who is ah, who is John Roberts, who John was appointed Roberts, by George yes. W. Bush, and who That's is right. a Republican. Right. So right. If you, if you want to talk about some sort of conspiracy involving the judges, well, you have to take that up with the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court because he's the one who appointed every single one of them. Also, the FISA court is actually a majority Republican panel,
0: mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, you, true, again, true.
1: You, you can't you can't lay this at the feet of the Democrats somehow. Yeah, the
0: the, the Democratic deep state is is we <clears throat> the, the great secret we've learned is the Democratic deep state is actually all Republican. Yeah, and so and, and you you've been exposing this for a couple of weeks now, but it's a point we cannot drive home enough uh, to point out the absurdity of the Trump defense. Well, the most absurd thing
1: about it, Buzz, is that the entire Trump defense on the entire uh, Russia investigation is basically the Pee Wee Herman gambit. It's it's I know you are, but what am I? It's basically uh, the, the, I know you are, but what am I?
0: You're a nerd. <laughs> you. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. Yeah. I know you are, but what am I? I
1: know you are, but what, but what, right but what <laughs> am I? This is it. This is Trumpers right now. I know
2: you are, but what am
0: I? <laughs> No, you haven't won a Uh huh. And it's just as frustrating to listen to. It, it is the mantra now of the entire Republican Party, with yep. very few exceptions. The vast majority of of the Republican Party has taken the stance. And where else have we heard this besides a schoolyard or in a Pee Wee <laughs> Herman movie? Where else have we heard this defense of uh, accusing your accuser and accusing your accuser of what your accuser is accusing you of? <laughs> <laughs> who, who does that? Russia. And before Russia. them, the yeah. Soviet Union. Yep. This is one of the oldest tactics in the Russian-Soviet playbook. And guess who's using it now? And, and another point that we cannot drive home enough is that when the president of the United States and the president of Russia and the majority of lawmakers in uh, the United States government and Russian bots all agree on the same things. Yeah. We have a crisis. Something is terribly, frighteningly wrong. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it, it if we are at a point where Republican voters cannot see this, we have an even bigger problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Basically, you know what? It goes back to buzz. It goes back to Trump at that, uh, I believe it was the first or second debate with Hillary Clinton, where he said, no puppet, no puppet, you're the puppet. Everything mm-hmm. that they say now is basically taking what uh, mm-hmm. what the pro Mueller, pro-Special cup, pro-rule of law people are saying, and that's Republicans and Democrats alike. And I'm rubber, you're glue. Exactly, yeah. and they're switching it around and they're projecting it back onto us. But ultimately, it just... You know, again, no. and, I, and I sometimes I feel awkward actually bringing logic and a and a and a rational argument to the discussion <laughs> because True. there's n- there's none of that happening over there. But ultimately, right. what what this argument I know you are, but what my argument mm-hmm. I- entails is insisting that it was all Democrats who are responsible for. Treason and colluding with Russia and everything like that, and ultimately leading us to this uh, Russia investigation, which is designed, according to them, according to the Trumpers, to take down Trump and the Republicans. But of course, the counter argument is who are all these Obama far left democratic officials who are responsible for the Russia investigation? Well, let's go through buzz. Let's go through a little bit of a list here. Was it the Republican majority Fisk judge who approved the Carter page FISA warrant and who was appointed to to Fisk by the uh, Republican chief justice? Or was it the Republican attorney general who affirmed support for his deputy? Or was it the Republican deputy attorney general overseeing the special counsel, the Republican former FBI director, the Republican special counsel, for God's sake, Robert Mueller, As a Republican, the Republican chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr, who corroborated some of the dossier and said so publicly. Was it the Trump appointed FBI director, Christopher Wray, who was supposed to releasing the, the Nunes memo and who threatened to quit over it? The Trump uh, White House counsel who threatened to quit over Trump's request to fire Mueller. The Republican co-author of the Nunes memo, Trey Gowdy, who twice affirmed support for the special counsel. The Trump-appointed Republican associate attorney general. The Trump-appointed Republican solicitor general. The Trump-appointed Republican CIA director. The Trump-appointed Republican NSA director. The Trump-appointed Republican director of national intelligence. Those are just some of the far-left Democrats who (laughs) are responsible for... The, the Russia they, investigation they, right they now. They huh? sound
0: like lefties to me. Yeah, every single uh, one of them. Yeah, but Bob, I, on this rubber glue <laughs> argument <laughs> that know. they keep using, um, I think that will only work so many times. I really believe that in my heart. And I think for the answer, uh, we again need to turn to the children's literature shelf Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, look at the boy who <laughs> cried wolf. <laughs> right. Even the staunchest uh, Trump Republicans, upon hearing that same defense over and over again. It takes them a while. We've talked about this before. There's a curve. It takes a little while for even the general public to catch up with uh, things that are happening on a daily day, day to day basis, right. because the general public has stuff to do, uh, yeah. the, you know, among among other things. And because we all now live in our own bubbles of, of what we believe and what we won't be having any of. But I, I really think that even the simplest among us, which is why I and others turn to children's literature, that even even the simplest among us see the boy who cried wolf here. Mm-hmm. That excuse will fly. But only so many times after about the 200th time or wherever we are on that scale, uh, even the staunchest Trump Republicans are going to start saying, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, and, and I think I think because of the desperation that we're seeing from this White House is it scrambles to distract us from the Russia investigation and scrambles to, uh, divert our attention, uh, to made up other problems, uh, that that it becomes more clear, uh, that we're dealing with people who are not behaving like innocent people.
1: And you know what? I want to add something that's maybe on a semi positive note with regard to all of this and, and, and getting that message, getting the Trump message out there to, uh, Mm -hmm. to the, the loyalists and disciples of Trump you gotta remember that Fox News Channel at any given time probably has no more than about two million viewers, at the very most.
0: Yeah. So wow. I, I, I think That's an important point.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's easy to overstate the reach of Fox News Channel and the influence mm-hmm, of Fox mm-hmm, News mm-hmm, Channel. Mm-hmm. But remember, there are millions and millions and millions of Republican voters, millions of Trump voters. Who don't even turn on Fox News Channel during the day. They're at work. They're dealing with their families right. at night. They're driving their kids to soccer practice and exactly. piano recitals if they even still do shit like that. But, right. I mean, that's people, as you said, Buzz, they there do. are there are so many regular people, even regular people uh, who voted for Donald Trump who aren't following it all of right. this up close the way all of us are, whether we're against Trump or, or for Trump with our faces pressed up against the TV screen, Kimberly Johnson and I taking three hours to go through an episode of Rachel Maddow, uh, uh, point by point. Uh, we're we're actually the exception. Most people don't do yeah. this. So, Do
0: you think? Yeah. Gee, do you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a thing. I don't know.
1: But uh, eventually, I think a lot of these people uh, are, are going to see the truth in all of this because, again, they're not getting the fox news propaganda and one of the truths uh-huh. that i think is going to emerge throughout all of this because it's on videotape it's something that the democrats can put into campaign ads super PACs can put this into campaign ads for example richard burr i, I mentioned it in the list of uh, democrats <laughs> the list of quote-unquote democrats yeah. who yes. are uh, involved in the russia investigation well richard burr who's the, the chairman of the senate intelligence committee the counterpart of mm-hmm of Devin Nunes on the Senate side, said this in front of TV cameras with Mark Warner standing right in front of him, in front of a whole bank of reporters. Here's what he said about the dossier, which is the centerpiece of this Nunes memo. He said, quote, we have been incredibly enlightened. I'm going to read this slowly. We have been incredibly enlightened at our ability to rebuild backwards the Steele dossier up to a certain date. Wrong. That is super important. That is Richard Burr the uh-huh. Republican chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee affirming that he corroborated parts of the Steele dossier. Now, in order for this Nunes memo to hold any water with the public, they have to have this boogeyman, this guy, Christopher Steele, who's this uh, British spy, who, by the way, when you talk about sources and methods being revealed, may- big source right there revealed Christopher Ray mentioned in the Nunes memo. He is a source. The government has not acknowledged that Christopher Ray is a source for the FBI. Until Friday.
0: He's a good one and we can never use him again. Now.
1: Exactly. And also other sources for the FBI and the NSA are going to be hesitant to reveal themselves or to part- or to cooperate mm-hmm. with the Intelligence Committee of the United States because people like Devin Nunes and Donald Trump spill their guts and, and name them
0: publicly uh just because it helps donald trump's approval ratings australia how about the australian ambassador who yeah. listened to george papadopoulos brag about the trump campaign's connection to, to russia and he shared that with u.s intelligence and now everybody knows it yep. uh is he is he going to trust us in the future is our closest ally great britain going to trust us with intelligence we've mm-hmm. proven we cannot keep secret? why would anyone share information with a country that can't keep a secret? And under Donald Trump, it can't. Yep. Uh, this is devastating. Uh, FBI agents in the field will no longer get cooperation for witnesses, apparently, uh, Republicans in particular, uh, who don't trust the FBI thanks to the damage that's been done by Trump and the Republicans and this Nunez memo. Right. Uh, I mean, the list of damage, the, the, what about the relationship between the FBI, Justice Department, and the uh, congressional committees that oversee them. Yeah, are they ever going to trust each other again after what's been exposed and ignored and 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 and, and uh, maligned in this whole expose about about the memo? The damage from this act, even even though the memo was a dud, even yeah. though the memo itself uh, proved nothing, and nope. if nothing, if anything else, hurt the president's case more after all this kerfuffle over this dud uh we we've done damage and set precedents that we're going to have to live with uh and and they the consequences of them are not good right and you know what the uh the great irony of the fact that we're talking a lot about the FISA law
1: which was passed mm-hmm. during the Carter administration right. as a reaction to i mean this is the great irony it was a reaction to Watergate and it was one of the many laws that yeah yeah. it was one of the many laws that were Mm -hmm. passed as a result of the hearings that took place coming out of Watergate and the abuses that were taking place inside uh, the intelligence community inside the executive branch certainly inside the White House and these are all the sorts of things that have to happen again once Trump is out or at least once Mm -hmm. the Democrats Mm -hmm. are able to take control of Congress knock on wood. Uh, yeah. These are many Feeling pretty the- good
0: about that. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, me too. I, I really hope though that uh, that they will endeavor to pass a series of laws that will now, roll back some presidential powers based on the abuses of Donald Trump. Because what Donald mm-hmm. Trump is doing, and maybe this will ultimately turn out to be a good thing in the long run as long as it doesn't turn into mass destruction like a nuclear war or something like that, right. is that uh, Donald Trump is exposing a lot of holes, a lot of gaping holes in yes. executive power.
0: And uh, Yeah, Bob, a lot of Republicans and Democrats knew before Trump that uh, presidential powers had... Um, slipped a little bit into territories yep. they probably shouldn't have, and and there was bipartisan agreement on that. Uh, and then Trump got elected, and uh, as you <laughs> said, those those little those little uh, pinholes of light are now yeah. fist-sized holes, uh, that, or bigger uh, that that must be patched and repaired uh, absolutely. And uh, gosh, I can only hope they will be. I think uh, among the things working against the republicans in the election that's now just nine months away uh their relationship with trump they're losing the gerrymandering battles i believe the tide is turning on that we got to talk about that by the way yeah yeah yeah. it did my heart good to see uh, our progress in that arena and i hope and i think it's just the beginning of a wave of change in those districting laws, those districting maps. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know what? In fact, I want to talk about uh, what's happening in Pennsylvania. We may may not get Mm -hmm. into it in the next segment because I want to talk about Steve Bannon in the next segment uh, before we wrap up the show. So we may end up talking about Pennsylvania and what's happening there with the Republicans uh, engaging Mm -hmm. in their version of Trumpism. Uh, We may have to push that over to the post-mortem show, but we're going to try to get to it during the show. But meanwhile, we're going to take one last break and we'll come back with uh, Steve Bannon right after these words
4: you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using bubble genius bath and body products see bubble genius is a woman owned small business proudly creating our vegan friendly products in America and supporting other US businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible plus you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours One bathtub at a time. That's bubblegenius.com.
0: Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Yes, it is. Welcome back to our uh, Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us today. Buzz Burbank is here from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Don't forget to go shopping through our Amazon link at BobSeska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo. And uh, you go. it'll take you right over to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, and we collect a small fee on some of the things that you buy. That's all I have to say about that. And no extra charge to you. Uh, I, I got in trouble. Uh, those of you who are new listeners, I got in trouble a few months mm-hmm. ago uh, for saying something about the Amazon link that I shouldn't have said. So now I'm trying desperately to <laughs> to avoid that eventuality. You know, and you know? There's really
0: nothing we have to say. You know what to do. You, you know, know what, what to do. do. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. What Buzz says.
1: All right. So now uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Steve Bannon is now facing uh, the potential of a uh, of contempt charges, contempt of Congress charges. He's refusing to comply with the congressional subpoena to appear before the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, we heard this morning that he's likely to meet with special counsel Robert Mueller next week, uh, a source has told NBC News. Uh, and also, the uh, the congressional Republicans are going to give Bannon one more shot, I believe, to appear next week, uh, since he's refusing to appear tomorrow. I think the other detail in all of this is, in order to appear tomorrow... He was only agreeing to a series of 14 questions with yes or no answers.
0: That's where... That's where this is. There's yeah. a negotiation. Here, Here's the deal. Bannon's not going to say anything to Congress. And I want to get back to the importance or lack thereof of Congress at this juncture. Yeah. But he's refusing to say anything to Congress without a go-ahead first from the White House. And supposedly, although no one has claimed executive privilege, this is out of respect for executive privilege. So uh, the White House and the, uh, the, the folks at the House Intelligence Committee... Are uh, still negotiating uh, of what Bannon can and cannot be asked, yeah. what he can and cannot. And once that's settled, and that's why they're talking about maybe uh, putting this off or doing it again next week. Bannon could be held in the contempt of Congress. And, and this is where the congressional investigation runs into the Mueller investigation because. It's it's a little bit mystifying in a way, and then again, maybe it isn't, that, that Bannon is cooperating fully with the Mueller investigation. Yeah. What choice does he have? He has none. Uh, because if he doesn't answer uh, Mueller's questions fully and completely and honestly, and uh, Mueller has any evidence that Bannon is lying, he can drag Bannon in front of a federal grand jury and make him talk. And if uh, Bannon refuses to talk then... He will face uh, imprisonment for perjury charges. So, yep. uh, so on one hand, Bannon is cooperating fully, apparently, and according to Mueller's office, uh, but not cooperating at all with Congress. This is an interesting, <laughs> an interesting uh, tactic. Uh, and and what it does to me is it underscores that that Bannon knows that contempt of Congress is nothing compared to what he might face. From Robert Mueller, yeah, and so he's respecting Mueller and disrespecting Congress. It isn't entirely clear why. Perhaps it will be at some point. And and notice uh, Congress's willingness to defer to Mueller and put off and, and to, to a large degree even the White House and put off a possible Bannon questioning until sometime next week. Don't know what's going on there, but you you have a similar situation with uh, Trump. Uh, his lawyers now advising him not to talk to uh, yeah. Mueller, even though uh, Trump says he's eager to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, you know who's going to win that that d- d- debate. And and no, again, no matter what Trump does, mm-hmm. uh, whether he speaks or refuses to speak, if he takes his lawyer's advice and refuses to talk to Mueller, he too can be dragged before a federal grand jury. That's so right. we, we are at the stage of things. We are at the part of the book where uh, the, 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 some of the key suspects are refusing to talk except under certain circumstances. The other here's the, here's the funnest thing I read about Donald Trump today. <laughs> okay. This is just, this is great. Uh, the New York Times reports that when he's under oath, Donald Trump tells the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump is so truthful under oath, he will tell you under oath all the things he's lied about. Mm-hmm. He has, in a previous deposition, admitted under oath to two dozen lies he told elsewhere.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. So
0: if we get uh, Trump in front of Mueller or under oath, uh, he's very likely to actually, actually, for the first time, uh, as far as any of us have seen, actually tell the truth
1: yeah well i mean either way he's so screwed and that's the yes that's yes, the jeopardy yes. in all of this buzz that no matter what trump does now it's going to be bad for trump because everything that trump does makes things worse for trump that's got to be and the that's rule why
0: and that's why all these distractions yep yep that's absolutely. why the kerfuff that's why he's tweeting about daca that's why he's tweeting about about little uh, adam schiff <laughs> it's why he's tweeting about the stock market Anything to flap his, his wings, to flap his feathers, to try to distract us. Uh, from from the birds in the nest.
1: Yeah, and you know what? If he was innocent in all of this, it'd be like, yeah. When, when do I sit? When do I get to sit down, please? Because I want to tell the truth in all of this. So let me sit right, down. Right. And, and, and it should be the same with all of the the Trump people: Steve Bannon, mm-hmm. Don Don Jr., uh, uh, Carter Page. They should all be saying, "Hey, you know what? I, you know we're, this never happened. So please invite us. We want to come down. We want to testify. We want to talk about what really happened." Sort of like the way the Democrats are behaving with the Democratic rebuttal memo to the Nunes memo. This is. The truth they would want the truth to get out there if they were innocent they wouldn't be trying to hide this right. desperately, whether it 's Steve Bannon right now or Donald Trump right now running away from a, a Mueller interview now the where mm-hmm. Where this goes from here is if Donald Trump actually does refuse. To be questioned by Mueller of course he 's going to be subpoenaed and if he's subpoenaed then he uh-huh. has to go and testify by himself mind you without any yeah. lawyer
0: sitting next to him no mommy or daddy
1: no yeah. mommy or daddy before the grand jury and so uh-huh. that's where things that's where the shit really Trump, hits the
0: fan for <laughs> Trump unplugged <laughs> <laughs> and, and what, one more point I want to make about the importance or lack thereof of Congress in this process at yeah. this point uh, Congress obviously taking a back seat uh, they they're, they're taking orders from Steve Bannon and the White House and Robert Mueller because, uh, unfortunately, at this moment, Congress is not nearly as important as Robert Mueller. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this will change at some point, at some point. And this is why the congressional investigations will, in the long run, prove to be important. Mm-hmm. They are a necessary run-up to, you know, the impeachment proceedings will be starting within a year from now. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's important that uh, Congress at least uh, get some background, collect some data, uh, and prepare for that date uh, as best they can against the Mueller investigation, which is—I mean—it's down to Trump now. It's down to M- Mueller is down to Bannon and Trump. Uh, he's he's talked to everyone else, or or so it would seem. Yeah, he's talked to nearly all of the people he needs to to establish a, a case for collusion. Or if you conservatives prefer conspiracy against the United States, it's. You you, you keep insisting there's no such crime (laughs) as collusion or that perhaps it's not so bad. Trust me, it is. Uh, Conspiracy against the United States in both the case and the case as well for obstruction of justice. So... Uh, this this it 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 seems slow to us in Trump time. You know we're talking about uh, the the stock market here. You've only been knocked back to where you were like a month ago. Right. I know that in Trump time and and the Trump timeline it seems like years, but it's really it's <laughs> really true. only only been a month. And likewise the investigation which seems to crawl at a sales play- pace, is in terms of uh, the U.S. system of government and the U.S. system of justice moving at, at, right now at rocket speed.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess why not?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what? I was thinking about this too, Buzz, that the, the you were talking about how fast time is moving and how many events whiz on by us in the, in the mm-hmm. fire hose of news. Right. I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, you know what? Do we talk about the Nunes memo or was that too long ago? That was <laughs> that was fucking Friday yeah. when the Nunes yeah. memo came out. And it feels like ancient history because yeah, all well. of the shit that went down yesterday between the Dow and the treason thing and the mm. un-American thing and saying, uh, you know, Trump said yesterday he's talking about the uh, the Nunes, Nunes memo. He's referred to himself and Nunes as great sleuths. We're great. We caught him in the act. We did. We caught him. Right. We caught him because we're great sleuths, and and it just it was one of those moments where and again I don't I don't believe in violence toward the president but I wanted to reach <laughs> no, into my no. television and strangle his voice. That's what, that's what I you wanted to get, do when I heard you should
0: that. get like a little uh, like a doll like a, a little <laughs> plush a plush do. Trump doll that you could you know ring its neck and stuff like yeah, that. and, and it's I, not really hurt anybody but make yourself. Feel better
1: they have one of those <laughs> they, for sale at bubblegenius.com you can get your donald trump v- voodoo doll at, at well, bubblegenius.com right. yeah, and I, I have mine sitting right here, and I also, my mom bought me a, a Donald Trump troll doll, so I have that too, and I abuse that <laughs> routinely. Oh, uh, I thought that
0: was the, you know, the, the troll doll is the one in the White House.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, here's where we go from here. Okay, say Donald mm-hmm. Trump refuses to go talk to uh, Robert Mueller. Okay, so they subpoena mm-hmm. him before the grand jury. He's going to refuse to do that too. Uh, there is an outside chance that he does go before the grand jury, and he pleads the fifth and doesn't answer anything. Any questions as the constitution allows him
0: that won't look good either
1: yeah, yeah. but then what ultimately will happen is this will go to the United States Supreme Court who will try mm-hmm. to compel Donald Trump to appear before the grand jury uh, right. because the Supreme Court, even with its even though it's the John Roberts Court, remember who we're talking about here. John Roberts has surprised us many times in the past. I think that this Supreme Court uh-huh. will order Donald Trump to answer questions before the grand jury. I think it will it's very there's a very strong possibility of it going that far. Then the question remains from there. Whether or not Donald Trump uh, 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 adheres to the Supreme Court order to go and testify, or mm. if he does, just like his hero Andrew Jackson, and refuses to comply with the Supreme
0: Court, that's also a possibility too.
1: And then, yeah, we're- sure,
0: sure it is. Yeah, and, and we can't go well for him at some point. He certainly wouldn't do it in the interest of the country, as perhaps Richard Nixon did to a degree. Yeah, uh, but even more than Nixon uh Trump could resign to spare himself this trouble, yeah uh, because it's 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 already occupying this the russia investigation is already virtually crippled the White House from pursuing its mm. agenda oh, it's still doing little racist things here and there where it can uh you know, the latest on daca being part of that uh not not renewing the 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 dreamers deal that runs out on march fifth <laughs> and 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 then uh, Kelly slyly saying that. Of course, we're not going after uh, the dreamers, except for the ones that were too lazy to do their papers. And then then we'll go after, Uh, you know, the real motives of that uh, come through. And so that kind of bullshit continues. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, And and, but those are little things they can do. Uh, to make America suck again. Uh, and and so they're going to continue doing those, but they're really occupied right now with fighting for their very survival.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of DACA, I think, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there's not going to be a government shutdown. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think, the, I think Congress is going to pass whatever deal they come up with among themselves, and they're just going to send it to Trump. And uh, under the idea that trump will sign whatever the hell they
0: send him I, mean, he's gonna, I don't know i hope i hope so you know they had a bipartisan deal before and he rejected it he may again
1: yeah well we'll see i i i don't think he's going to do it again even though he was blustering a lot this morning about uh, mm. wanting he actually said he wants a government shutdown which by the yes. way the democrats have already looped into all of their ads coming up for the midterms <laughs> sure. i assure sure. you Sure. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, the Trump lawyers want to appoint a second special counsel, a special counsel to investigate the special counsel. That would be that's normal. Yeah, that's sure. That's normal. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, oh, and speaking of Trumpism and doing things that defy institutions and in fact burn them down, uh, mm-hmm. during the post mortem show, I want to focus on what's happening up in Pennsylvania because that is all yes. Trumpism, like you wouldn't believe they are going to the nth degree to try to stop the redistricting effort in in pennsylvania as ordered by the pennsylvania supreme court we're going to talk about that plus uh maybe a little bit about my fights with uh, a few uh wing nuts uh on twitter uh jack posobiec from last week jacob wall of the weekend and and dan bongino who if you watch fox news channel you know who dan bongino is we're going to talk about that And a lot more coming up on the Postmortem Show. Uh, That's at our Patreon page. You can get to our Patreon page and sign up by going to bobseska.com and clicking the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo. You sign up at uh, the $5 uh, per month level, you get the Postmortem Show. That's two Postmortem Shows per week. At $10, you get two Postmortem Shows plus the after party. And at $15, you get all that stuff uh, plus a commercial-free version of this show. Meanwhile, Buzz can be found at buzzburbank.com and at Michael J Elston. Uh, you can find uh, Jackie Schechner over at org and at Jackie Schechner. Uh, Kimberly Johnson at patreon.com slash start me up for her podcast and at author Kimberly on Twitter. T Rex David Ferguson is at facebook.com slash compromat ban and at T Rex to see on Twitter. That's it. Yeah. See you over in the postmortem show, folks. Bye bye.
2: I guess why not? (laughs)